0: If you do not have an outline, please raise your hand. We want everyone to have an outline. In fact, if you will keep this outline, because I'm pretty sure I will not finish this today. Five reasons believers don't walk in the power and authority they have in Christ. Five reasons. I heard last Sunday empowered for ministry. And... Uh, I believe whom Christ commissions, he sufficiently endows. There's not one of us here today that when Christ calls us, when we become a believer and the Holy Spirit comes on the inside and we begin ministry because every saint, every believer, every child of God should be in ministry in some measure. Maybe not a pulpit ministry, maybe not a singing ministry, but some way God calls us all to be part of the kingdom of God. And we find in Luke, Jesus gives his disciples authority to use the power that he transfers to them. And you might say, Pastor, that's that's for the preachers. That's for TV evangelists. That's for deacons or elders in the church. But no, as we studied extensively last week, it's for believers. Every believer, you, you have the power. If you know Christ and the spirit of God dwells in you, you have the power and authority to accomplish those things that God has called the church to do in these latter days. And uh, I trust through this study that in some measure we can grasp grasp a hold of this great truth. You have power. You have authority to be able to cast out devils, to be able to heal the sick. And there's some spiritually dead that need to be raised. And I believe that God wants to give you certainly an anointing upon your life. That the gifts of the Spirit will flow and be real. We found out last week the difference between power and authority. Between power and authority. You see, Satan, the devil, he has power. Oh, yes. But he does not have authority. The devil, the demonic activities, the demons today, they recognize authority. They recognized the authority in Jesus Christ. And the devil recognized the saints of God, the believer today that has authority. So God not only gave us power to accomplish that, that he calls us to do. He gave us the authority. Now, power is the ability to do something. Authority is the right to do it. Say it again. Power power is the ability to do something. Authority is the right to do something. Barney Fife has authority. He had authority. He weighed 115 pounds. He went up against a 250-pound man, and he had to do what he said because he had authority. A policeman has authority. The referee on the field, you know, he may look up at a six foot four, 350 pound man and tell him you're out of here. Why? Because he has authority. The player, the football player has the power, but he don't have authority. And uh, when it comes to the referee, So God has given us the uh, power and he has given us the authority. Notice in your outline, it's important to know that Jesus imparted all power and authority first to his disciples and he in that measure commissioned them. We find it in Luke chapter 10 verses 18 and 19 and in Matthew and then to the church in Acts chapter 2. Don't you let anyone tell you that yes, the disciples had authority. Yes, the early church had had authority, but we don't have that authority and power today. That is not true. Scripturally, it's just not true. And I hope you understand, looking at Acts especially, when the promise of the Holy Spirit was released. We have all the power and authority of God through the Holy Spirit. But there are some reasons that we fail to utilize both authority and power, and they both are available. Doesn't matter how young you are, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how weak you may seem spiritually. <clears throat> but yet we find in our church world today, now I believe you would agree with me that we certainly need. To see the gifts of the spirit and that power and authority functioning today. There's a lot of young people hooked on drugs. But God can deliver them. Set them free through his power. And the authority that he's given to us. God's not going to come down and do it himself. He sent us. He called us. And he expects us to be active in his kingdom. Cheon, Cheon. I was reading an article by this man. He's a pastor in Pasadena, California. And these are the six uh, reasons that I glean from his writings. I want you to know I milk many cows, but I churn my own butter. And when it comes to teaching and studying the Word of God, first of all, the number one reason that believers do not walk in that power and authority that they have in Christ is sin. Sin. If you were here just a, what was it? Last Wednesday night was a week ago, Brother Michael Britt. We have some great teaching on Wednesday night, and I would encourage you to come. You want to get strength? You want to be strengthened? Somebody says, preacher, I work hard and I'm tired. Yeah, I understand that, and God understands it. But Brother Michael was teaching from 1 John, I believe it was, and he talked about sin and if you just sit down and read that, it can get confusion, confusing because the Bible says if you're born of God, you do not sin. And then it says we all sin. So what's the difference? Well, if you read the Amplified, and I would encourage you to do that. If you read the Amplified, he's talking about, John is talking about deliberate disobedience. He is talking about habitually sin sinning. He is talking about practicing sin. There is a there's a difference in, in the church and the believer. Sinning, and we all sin, and then he or she deliberately, knowingly, practicing sin. There's a difference. If you do that, and don't ask forgiveness, we come under Satan's authority, and he has legal rights over us. That's a great statement. If we're living in habitual sin, if we know not to do something and we continue to do that and we disobey God, we come under the power and authority of Satan. And rather than us having authority, he has a legal right because of that sin. Until we repent, John chapter fourteen, verse thirty. I will no longer talk with you much with you. This is Jesus. For the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing in me. I, I confess. I've read that many times, but never understood it like I understand it today. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he said, the ruler of this world, this is the day before he is to be crucified. And he said, the ruler of this world is going to try to destroy. He has nothing. Somebody said, well, he did have something. Satan did have authority over Jesus because he had him crucified. He couldn't have touched him. Jesus said, I want you to know something at this time. I could call a legion of angels down and set me free. He didn't take Jesus' life. Jesus gave it. He had no authority over Jesus Christ. Not even with Judas. Not even with the soldiers. Not even with Pilate. He has nothing in me. Can you say that today? Satan is coming against me, but he has nothing in me. Because he tried him in the wilderness three times, and Jesus Christ defeated him And he was a defeated foe when it came to Jesus Christ. There's nothing in me. And we need to be able to say that. We need to be able to say that. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses, that's sin. Confess your sins one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a unrighteous man avails much. Did I miss it? You better believe I missed it. God wants us to be righteous. Somebody said, Pastor, how can we, human beings, be righteous through and by the righteousness of Jesus Christ? He has made us righteous. And the effectual, fervent prayer availeth it much. When we sin, we need to repent. Jesus was without sin. That's the reason the devil didn't have anything on him. I want to ask you, does the devil have something on you? Do you have some secret sin hid away somewhere and you're not able to be what you need to be for Jesus Christ? Is sin cropping up in your life? then you need to repent. If you confess your sins, he said he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We also have to be under authority. We find this in the New Testament where the centurion, the the Roman soldier, told Jesus, I know how to be under authority and therefore I know how to have authority. And we got to be humble. If you want to have the authority and the power that Jesus expects the church to have, you must humble yourself. If you'll humble yourself, he, my friend, will lift you up. If we're rebellious towards our parents, if we're rebellious toward the authority of our church, well, ain't no preacher going to tell me what to do. Ain't no brothers. Listen. Somebody is going to tell you what to do. Whether it's your boss at work or your wife, I mean, somebody is going to tell you what to do. No, we need to be willing to humble ourselves. We won't have much authority over the evil one unless we say, Father, I'm not worthy. I, I don't ask God to humble me because he can make you cry uncle real quick. But if you'll pray, God, I humble myself. I humble myself. So sin will cause us the lack of humility, that spirit of rebellion. And that's the reason when we give an altar call and we want to see God move in the church. And, and that's the reason sometimes we say, let's come to the altar and worship God. What a worship time, Brother Matt. Well, you allow that to happen you and the team ushered us into that just glory of the Lord and we just bask in that and then God spoke and challenged us. But sometimes you must do something. I mean, if we just sit on our thumb, uh, hand and lean back on our thumbs, we're not going to get anything done for God. We must be willing. I, I, I'm willing to do whatever for God's Holy Spirit to move in our lives. If you've got unrepented sin in your life, get it out. Pray God, Lord, are there secret sins in my life? I want to get them out. So the first reason that we fail to see the authority and the power of God manifested in our life, the gifts of the Spirit, is because of sin. The church and the world, at one time, you could tell the difference in them. Today you can't. You can't tell the difference in the church and the world. I mean, if we want to live together without getting married, we can go to churches. I mean, a number of churches. And you can join that church, and you can be active in that church, and you can be a leader in that church. Why, everybody's doing it. And we know that's directly contrary to God's word. Amen. I mean, you know, pornography, ungodliness. I see, I see preachers drink. I, I'm surprised. I don't think a glass of wine is sending you to hell. I don't think a cigarette is sending you to hell. Might make you smell like you've been there. But I, I've never seen the like of churches that are just bringing alcohol, alcohol, alcohol into the church, and then people are gathering their Bibles and. And, and they're going to pubs and to nightclubs and sitting there studying the Word of God. I don't know, folks. That's the reason we don't see the power of God and the authority of God active in the churches. God help us. Amen? Sin. Yeah. Sin. Sin. Number two. Another reason we don't see it is through ignorance. And I believe this is, I went over this went over this with the staff, and we, we 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 tried to think which one of these would would be prominent today. And I want you to think about that. What do you think causes the lack of the, the, the moving of the Spirit of God? What do you think? Is it sin? I dare say it's sin in many ways. Or is it ignorance? God's people are being destroyed by the ignorance of their authority. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Let me say something about that word knowledge there. It means the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It means the knowledge of the kingdom of God. You can ask so many people today. Can, if you were just uh, had, a, had a microphone and went to the street and started asking people about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Bible and, and, and heaven and hell, they, they'd look at they'd stare at you like they didn't know what in the world you're talking about because they lacked that knowledge. And even in the church today, my wife and I have been in churches, they never mentioned the name of Jesus. I don't think they mention the name of Jesus even on Sunday. It's all about politically correct stuff. The lack of knowledge. The Bible makes it clear that we are not powerless against the enemy. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty. In what? God. Our weapons are not carnal. They are mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's been given to the church. We don't have to wonder, am I going to have it? Do I have to pray it down? Do I have to shout it down? No, it's here. It's, it's present right now. The ability, you and I have the ability to defeat the enemy in our lives. And a lot of times it's with this right here. When we start speaking the word of God, we've got to live it. But when we start speaking the word of God, that's the power. Amen. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Peter had it. Have you got it? The power, the anointing, yes. Claim it. Stand on God's word. Don't be ignorant about it. Read the Bible. And I'll tell you something you need to do. You need to get a verse or two and and, and cling to that, but you need to read the verses before it and the verses after behind it. You need to read the Bible with several translations. The Bible says what? Study right. to show thyself approved of God. Don't be ignorant of God. Don't be ignorant of his ways. Reach out and claim that. The devil wants to keep us ig- Listen, he'll let us watch television. He'll let us learn about a lot of different things. This area, the Research Triangle, it has so many colleges and universities. And there's so many professors and teachers and smart people here. But how many people really know about the kingdom of God? My people, they're ignorant about it. Some believe that good and evil are equal in power and authority. Some believe that good and evil are equal in power. They believe that the devil can run roughshod over you. He cannot if you won't let him. It's up to us. It's our decision. We make up in our own mind. This, it, this is not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. There is no comparison to Satan's power to God's power. Satan is a created being. God is the uncreated creator. (laughs) I love that statement. He is self-existence. To a believer who is walking in God's authority, Satan is like a toothless lion. Oh, we hear him roaring. He tries to bring, and we're going to deal with fear later on, he tries to bring fear, but people are ignorant of this. We have the power. Look at number five under number two with me. Great example, David and Goliath. This great story, is found in Samuel. And there's not a one sitting here that don't know the story of David and Goliath. What Goliath did, he compared his physical power with David's power. He was angry because Israel sent a runt out to fight him. Fuzzy face runt. This was a young boy. He said, you send this out to fight me? You're going to fight me with him? You see, Goliath was looking at David's strength. David didn't compare himself with Goliath. You know what David did? Listen to this. This is, this is it. This is it. David compared Goliath with God. Yes. You come against the, the God of Israel? You're not coming against me. You're coming against the God of Israel. And that's what we need to tell disease. That's what we need to tell temptation. That's what we need to tell the devil. You aren't fighting me. You're fighting the King of kings and Lord of lords. God gives us power. God was so much greater, is so much greater, What's so much greater than Goliath. The battle was over before it got started. And when you fight the devil, and you will every day of your life, no matter what he tries to tell you, sitting up there on your shoulder trying to discourage you and tell you all kind of things, when you start fighting him, you need to know when you trust God, have no sin, practicing sin in your life, that he is toothless. Let him roar. Let him spat off. You know where to tell him to get off. God's power. I mean, this is a great example. This giant of a man and this young shepherd boy. And with one slingshot and one stone, he fells the giant. And then he runs up and cuts this cuts up. I see you. I see the church today rising up in faith, believing God. Stop comparing. Listen, you, 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 you say, my neighborhood is so bad. This city is so bad. My, my loved ones are so bad. We can compare and compare. Don't compare it. Don't compare it to you. God can take care of any lost soul. God can shake them and change them. I don't care if you have a husband that is as hard as I don't know what. You trust God and God to get a hold of him. Your wife, your children, how far away from God your children are, you trust God. Don't listen to the devil say, well, they'll never be saved. He's a liar and the father of it. They will be saved. God will bring them in. Listen, the word of God. How many people in prison that they got a Bible and they started reading that Bible and it revolutionized their life where nothing else could. Their whole life was changed and many of them come out of prison if they allow the word of God to change them and they'll be a minister or they'll be someone that will be effective for for the call of God. People have gone to motels to commit suicide, opened the drawer of a dresser, and there it was, the Gideon Bible. They opened that Bible, started reading it, and the Word of God began to change their life. You that's been here for a while, please allow me to tell this story. I love this story. I could tell it every day. Man preaching in Africa. and. The crowd would come and then disperse. Then he'd go somewhere else and the crowd would come and then they would disperse. Once the crowd had dispersed in one area, this man stood around and he went up to the preacher. And he said, may I have that book you're preaching from? It was a little New Testament. And the preacher said, why do you want this book? He said, because it looks just right. The pages in that book look just right to roll cigarettes with. his first reaction, (laughs) I'm going to give this guy my New Testament, God's word to roll cigarettes with. But then the Lord spoke to him and then he said to the gentleman, he said, sir, I'll give you this book. If you'll promise me something, he said, I'll promise you. He said, every time when you get ready to, to wrap your cigarette, if you'll read that page before you do that, I'll give you this Bible. I promise you I'll do that. He left that Bible with that man and took off. Years later, he went back and there was a tent revival up on the outside of the town. And there was a man up preaching. He slipped in the back, sat there until the congregation had left. And he walked up to the front. The man knew him. He stuck out his hand. He said, you don't know me, do you? He said, no, I don't believe I know you. He said, I'm the man that you gave that book to years ago. I... I I, I smoked it to John 3.16 and I started preaching it. (laughs) That's a great, that's a true story. I just love that story. And that's how powerful the word of God is. Listen, put your faith, put your trust in the word of God. My word shall not return void. It's not going to return void. We need to understand God has given us power over the devil. There's no comparison to Satan's power and to God's power. And you don't compare your strength with the devil's power. You don't compare your power to the devil. You compare God's power to the devil's power. He has no. Listen, I I just love, I want to back up. He says in John 14, 30, let me read it again. Look at it with me if you can, Tammy. John 14, 30. I will no longer walk, talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. In other words, Jesus had settled the sin problem. He did not sin when the the enemy tempted him. Jesus Christ says, Satan's dominion stops with me. Can you say that today? The devil has nothing in me. Satan's dominion should stop when it comes to you and I. Listen, he should shudder when it comes to God's people that are filled with the Holy Spirit and that's anointed with the the precious power of God. Not the world, not Satan. It's important. It's important. So, first of all, I was looking for something. I can't can't quite see it, but I'll get it another time. And first of all, the hindrance is sin. Second of all, the hindrance is ignorance. And then next week, I'm going to start with unbelief. Did you know? Listen to me. This is important. Brother Matt, would you come, please? Listen at me as they come up. I want you. There is a difference, and I'll tell you next Sunday. There is a difference between doubt and unbelief. There is a difference between doubt and unbelief. Unbelief is a sin. Most believers, if not all of us, at times, struggles with doubt. I want to tell you how to deal with it. I want to tell you the difference between uh, doubt an unbelief. Did you know, listen to this. Did you know, listen to me. Did, did you know that, that Jesus could not do his mighty miracles because of what? Their unbelief. Their unbelief. It didn't say doubt. But because of the I want to tell you next week how doubt, and we all struggle with it at times. I do. I want to tell you next week how doubt becomes unbelief. It's very important. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray that these words, not just Don Westbrook's words, but the words that you spoke that are alive. the words that you spoke that are powerful, they are alive. Help us, Lord, to cherish these words like we would a treasure because they are treasure. And I pray this morning if there's someone here, a believer that, that they're falling and failing and falling into sin and habitually dear God, sinning, I pray, God, that you would speak to them. Sometimes there's secret sins. There are secret sins. Reveal yourself to them. Help us with this idea of sin. Sin will send us to hell. Sin will destroy us. Sin will take us farther than we want to go. Sin will keep us longer than we want to stay. Sin will make us pay more than we want to pay. Help us, dear God. And forgive us, Lord, of being a people that's that's just... Downright ignorant of your word, ignorant of what we hold in our hand, ignorant, Lord, of the power that we possess. And may we purpose in our hearts in this service this morning we are no longer going to allow unrepented sin to be in our lives, we are no longer going to allow ignorance. To be part, I'm going to study Your Word. I'm going to learn, dear God. I want to. I want to be able to comprehend what thus saith the Lord. I want to cherish Your Word, dear God, and I want to be able to use that Word in the battle that we fight. Touch our hearts here today. All heads are bowed, and we take and we sing just a verse or two of this song. Think about what we've said. Is it sin? Is there sin? Is it ignorance? We've not studied like we should. We've not read the Bible like we should. We've not have, have we failed to live under authority? Were we rebellious to our moms and our dads? Ask God to forgive you. Have we rebelled against the authority of the church? Ask the Lord to forgive you. Wherever you are in your walk with God, you know. Don't let pride. Don't let stubbornness. Don't let timidity keep you from receiving from God what he wants you to receive. Let's all sing and pray as we sing. What a song. What a challenge for me tonight. You know, I just feel like kneeling before the Lord. I feel like asking God to search my heart. Is there a secret sin? Have I committed sin and failed to repent of it? Is there something there that's hindering me from being the best that I can for Jesus Christ? I just feel like there's some sin that needs to be repented of. And I believe that we've allowed ignorance not knowing, not knowing what this is all about. We've been busy. We have to make a living for our family and our home. We're tired. But God, let us not be so tired. Let us not be so busy that we fail to get rid of of all that ignorance. Make us wise. Give us wisdom, dear God, through your word. I want you to pray those two prayers as we come. Sing it again. Could we kneel in this altar? If you can't kneel, sit on the front seat. Come, let's pray as we sing. Brother Matt, Brother Matt, do you have your phone with you? Would you read, come up here and read Psalms 51? Come up here and read. I want you to, this won't take long. Listen, here's a man of God that had sin in his life. Here's a man of God that did so wrong. I want to encourage you that 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 sin, maybe, maybe it's It's a habit. Maybe something's going on. But I want you to know others have struggled. But I want you to know what this man did and what he said. This is one of the most powerful chapters in the entire Bible.
1: Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous Spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness." O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Yeah. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. With burnt offering and whole burnt offering, they shall offer bulls on your altar.
0: The Lord is saying to this congregation, I am pleased with your sacrifice and your offering. I am pleased with your sacrifice and your offering. Let's do that this week. Father, I... I just believe with all of my heart that there's some sins that have been dealt with. I believe with all of my heart that there are sins that were not under the blood, but they're now under the blood. That sin will no longer hang over that person's head. That sin will no longer pull them down to the pit. They've been cleansed and cleaned by the precious blood of the Lamb. Ignorance has taken its flight and will continue to take its flight as wisdom, as knowledge begins to come into lives and hearts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, I take authority over every sin in this place today. I want you to take authority. And I want you, if there's a sin that has been hounding you, pulling you down, maybe it's pride. Maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe it's, maybe it's unbelief. I want you to take authority over it right now in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority over every sin. We take authority over every sickness. I want you to name that sickness right now. You Name it in your heart. You can name it audibly. But right now, all over this building, in every home, in every heart, in every life, we take authority over that sickness, and we command it to go in Jesus' mighty name. We speak to it. And say sickness, affliction, disease, you must go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thou art whole. You are whole. Receive that healing. Receive from the Lord in Jesus' name. Give him a clap offering. Come on, here we go. Hallelujah. His anointing is here, His anointing is here. Appreciate you young guys. Appreciate all the young people in this church. God bless you. God's been here today. Turn to a neighbor and say it's good to be in the house of the Lord.